0: The Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there, yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast out the demon of her daughter. He said to her, let the little children be fed first, for it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears and spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying he has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Can you tell me something you did over the summer? Yes. Went to Canobles. Oh, you went to Canobles. Nice. I've never been there. How is it? Good. Good. Yeah, what'd you do? Went to Hershey Park. Hershey Park. Cool. What'd you do? Go hiking. Hiking. That's fun. What'd you do? Went to scout camp. Went to scout camp nice. Very good. Meh. On those trips, on those trips, did you ever have, oh, I don't know, a disagreement with anybody? No? Yes? Tell me one of the disagreements, if you can All the scary rides, mm-hmm. and we did all the scary rides first. But there was one we didn't do. Then at the end, um, the the one that we didn't do had a super super long line, so we couldn't go on it. And I just said, oh, "We'll wait to go on it." And my mom said, "No, let's do another ride." Yep, those those disagreements are often with our parents, aren't they? I want to do this, they okay, say no. We stay home. You stay home. I stay home too you want to do this? Mm -hmm. They say no. Now, a lot of times, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, they're right. (laughs) They're right. I'm here to tell you they're right. But every once in a long, long while, I bet you have something in your head that changes their mind. I bet you have something in your head that they say, you know what? I didn't think about that. Let's do that. I know every once in a long while, I'd say something to my mom or my dad, and they'd say, Ben, I didn't think of that. That's a better idea. One time we were going to the zoo, do you guys ever go to the zoo? Okay, I'm not alone. One time we were going to the zoo, we were packing the sandwiches, and we didn't know whether or not to bring ham or roast beef, and there was a raging debate, ham or roast beef. And I said, I would like both, and we went with both. Now that's a really small thing, isn't it? Hammer roast beef on a sandwich, but I still had to say it. You know, it's it's a tiny little thing, but if I didn't say that, I don't know if even today we'd still be talking about hammer roast beef. I don't know. When you have an idea and there's someone older or smarter or different than you are, it's okay to share your idea. When you have an idea, it's okay to share what you think and what you know. But, always listen after you share your idea. Always be respectful in those moments. But it's okay to share your idea. That's what happened in today's story. There was a woman who was talking with Jesus. Jesus being, you know, Jesus the one who heals and the one who gives grace and forgiveness and the one who does all these cool things and and she wanted her daughter to be healed and at first he said no but instead of just saying well it's jesus i can't say anything she said you know what jesus i think yes i think she should be healed i think this is a good thing and jesus changed his mind it's always good For you to share your ideas. It's always good for you to share what's going on in your head. Think and listen and be respectful. But who you are is a good thing. Remember that. All right? Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. God, we are thankful today because you've made us into all different kinds of people. Some are parents and some are children. Some are bosses and some are workers. Some are rulers and some are citizens. We ask in all of this, God, that you would help us to share ideas no matter who we are. That you would make us brave and courageous to share the good things that you place in our hearts. That you would make us brave and courageous to be able to listen to one another too. That no matter what, we might hear one another, just as you heard the Syrophoenician woman that day with Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. of Jesus. Amen. This is a different experience of Jesus, isn't it? If we had to describe Jesus to someone, we describe Jesus as someone that's always present and always with us, that's open, that's joyful, that's forgiving, that's sharing, that's self-sacrificial. But this experience of Jesus, this biblical story of Jesus tells us just a little bit different thing. But Jesus, having done a lot of work and ministry, took some time to not do that. And more than that, wasn't just resting, wasn't just doing something else. He traveled far away from where he was doing ministry. Over 30 miles away from where he was doing ministry, and by foot, that's a long way. He traveled far away from where he was doing ministry and tried not to be seen. How many of you, over the course of the summer, just tried to get away? Yeah, he tried to get away, but he couldn't. He couldn't help but be noticed, and a woman whose daughter was dealing with an unclean spirit went after him and begged him. And again, he does something a little bit different than what we expect. Instead of saying, of course I have compassion, your daughter is healed, he says... It's not right to give what is the children's and have it given to the dogs. Now, many scholars have taken time to figure out whether or not this was Jesus calling this woman a dog or calling her child a dog. But in any case, what Jesus had, he was saying, is not for her. It's different. And tough to hear. But then the woman does something that's really, really unique. She looks at God made flesh. She looks at the one who she knows can heal her daughter. And she says, No, you're wrong. In other words, she says, Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. And Jesus changes Jesus' mind. Either that or Jesus changes Jesus' answer. In any case, what Jesus said before is now no longer what Jesus is saying now. You're right. And for that, you may go. Your daughter's been made well. In this story, I feel like there is someone that we're supposed to emulate. And surprisingly, it's not just Jesus. This woman is being lifted up, both by the story and by Jesus, as someone who is faithful, someone who is true, someone who is right in what they're doing. And this woman, this Syrophoenician woman, this woman far up and away, is the center of what it means to be faithful in this story. This woman was insistent wouldn't you be? If the God of heaven and earth was made flesh and came among us, if Jesus Christ was here today and your child or your spouse or anyone you knew had an ailment and you asked and you begged Jesus for healing and Jesus first said no, would that be the end? Probably not. You know what Jesus is capable of. You know what Christ can do. You would insist. this insistence is at the core of who we are as Christians. There are so many different times that someone in some kind of position of authority, official or unofficial, will look at us and say no. There will be times in our lives when people will not exactly want to change towards peace or towards justice or towards love or towards mercy. They'll say no. Think of the times in your daily life that there are things that do not look like the kingdom of God, that don't look like the fruits of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Think of the times in your life when life doesn't look like that. Think of the times that people are saying no to those things. It's going to happen. It does happen. It is our calling and it is our work to be insistent. In the fights that I have with myself, with my family, with Kristen, who would readily admit those are available. It is our work to not just let those fights go on, to not let my pride win the day, but to be insistent that humility and grace and forgiveness be there. In the work that I do with other congregations, in the work that we do with other congregations, it could be that we give in to the way that things are, to the, the comforts and the ease of tradition and pattern and practice. But we are insistent that the things of God must be placed first to serve the hungry, to teach and preach the good news, to dwell with one another in worship. It could be that the rest of the world finds it okay to slander one another To speak ill of one another. To listen, not for the sake of taking in someone else's point of view, but for the sake of responding. For yelling. It is our work to be insistent. Insistent that love and grace and mercy are present. If you know my wife, you know that she's on a Mr. Rogers kick. There was a documentary that came out lately. It was all about Mr. Rogers. It was all about everything that he did. If you don't know who Mr. Rogers is, he was a television personality, for lack of better terms, uh, when I was a kid and even long before it. And he did a lot of ministry. In fact, he was an ordained Presbyterian minister, ordained into television evangelism. His work in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, that was his ministry. He made it his entire life goal to make sure that through this television program, through these campy little songs and through the neighborhood of make-believe and through all these different, quiet, somber moments, to let children know that they're loved and they're worthwhile and they're good. Some say... That Mr. Rogers was a very mild person. And he came off that way in just about every different pattern you could see him in. He spoke very gently. He was a very calm person, at least when I saw him. But I think Mr. Rogers was very insistent. You see, there was every opportunity for Mr. Rogers to make the show about himself. But he didn't. He was always talking to the children. And there was every opportunity for Mr. Rogers to lash back at all the people that laughed at him, a grown man doing these things every day. But he didn't. He was insistent that things be okay. There was every opportunity for Mr. Rogers to give in to the ways of the world that were around him. But he was insistent that what children saw would be a good thing something worth becoming in life, something worth saying. Insistent. Consider your world. The same world you just thought about. And what needs to be insisted on? Is it mercy? Is it grace? Is it love? Is it more Mr. Rogers in the day? I don't know. Consider this story and what you are called to be, what you're called to insist upon, and God give you grace to do it. God be with you. Amen.